we need you today more than we've ever needed you before. Come in, set us free. We invoked, we invite your presence, Holy Spirit, to come in and do what we have never seen before. Thank you, Jesus. We want this season to be a season of newness for us, to cash in on the work of the Spirit that was done through baby Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Cause our children to flourish in the things of Christ. Cause our men to rise up in priestly positions and flourish and through the Holy Spirit and cause our women to worship you, humble ourselves before you so that you can shine and work through us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now we invoke your presence to be here so that you can reveal to us through your word exactly what you would have us to know and have us to hear. So continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, will be those things you will want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord. I think I'm going to share some things after, after the message. There's so much that I want to bring out in this message, and I want to try to do it in a timely way. But as I was doing my devotion, everything I read in my devotionals and in my prayer uh, was relating to the same subject matter. And, um, and in this de upper room devotional that I was blessed with, it's strength and peace. Strength and peace. Isn't that interesting? So um, I'm, at the end, I'm, I'm going to read what these devotionals are saying. But it was just amazing that I was getting the same message uh, with everything that I was, was reading today, um, how God is with us. And, 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 it, and it plus, I said I was going to do it afterwards because you're going to find it, it ties in with the message. Our Savior is born. This is part two. Now, last week we covered the beginning of uh, Luke 1, but I ended up at verses 57 to 58 that I want to pick up. But I'm, what I'm trying to do is sum up all these verses because we're going to complete Luke 1, 57 through 80, and then Luke 2, 1 through 40. So I'm going to try to sum up these verses and bring up some important facts that should prayerfully inform us and increase our faith in Jesus as our Savior and Lord, okay? So beginning at Luke 1 and verses 57 through 80, I'm just going to sum it up. I won't be able to read all of these verses, okay? So that means that you need to go home and read these verses yourself, all right? So to make sure that I was right on with what the scripture is saying, because I'm not going to go through each one of these verses. 57 through 80 talks about the baptism, John, I mean, John the Baptist, his birth. Amen. So the birth of John the Baptist, after Mary visits Elizabeth, which is in the beginning of the chapter, Elizabeth comes to full turn of her pregnancy. I love this. And delivers John the Baptist, who is the forerunner for the Messiah. So when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, uh, is in her sixth month, which confirms that you will carry this baby full term. All right. So after the visit, now Elizabeth has reached her full term of pregnancy, and she delivers the forerunner of the Messiah called John the Baptist. John was named by his mother on the eighth day after birth and of his circumcision. Everyone was prepared to call him Zacharias after his father, which was the custom of those days to be the first male child to be named after the father. But Elizabeth obeyed the message from God through the angel Gabriel when he came to announce to her that she was going to be pregnant. He 
he told Zacharias and Elizabeth that she, they were going to have a son and to name him John the Baptist, okay? Therefore, she had to step in when all of them were trying to, you know, all of the uh, Pharisees and, and, and leaders and all was trying to come up with the name of Zacharias. She had to step in and say, his name is John. Amen. And so after she names him, then Zacharias, his father, agreed with what God has sent to him, the word, by signing his name on a paper because, you know, because he did not accept the miracle or the vision that God had given him when he sent Gabriel to him, God struck him deaf and dumb until the birth of the child. So he had to write his name down on the paper to confirm she's right. This is his name. And once he wrote down on the paper, John, then, hallelujah, Jesus, his mouth opened. The Lord opened his mouth and shut off the deafness of him. And he was able to speak once again. And when he spoke and gave the, his child his name, son, everyone now understood that John the Baptist was called and would be on a mission for the Lord. Amen. Zacharias is now filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you have to read these scriptures to, to really understand what I'm coming from, but y'all do that later because I want to get all this stuff out if I possibly can. He's now filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a high priest that spent his time in the temple praying on behalf of the sins of Israel. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. But he didn't have any faith until God fulfilled his promise in his wife's womb, which now he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And now that he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's prophesying about the Savior. Now, now I'm going to go to verse 68 and read up to 80. 68 says, this is what Zechariah says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he have visited and remembered and redeemed, I'm sorry, and redeemed his people. He have raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Not only now is his mouth open where he can speak, but his eyes is open in his heart where he can see the whole purpose of this birth of Jesus Christ. Because he knew this was not just another child that's being born. This is the Savior of the world. And when the Savior comes, he's coming to redeem his people. He's coming to, to set at hand and at motion all that they were expecting to see when they were told that they were going to have a redeemer. But they were looking for a male person to come riding on a white horse and come and destroy everything in Rome. They didn't realize that it had to be greater than that because that's a one-time event. But Jesus had to come. God had to come in the form and in the name of Jesus as a human and as a baby and come in and grow up and redeem us from the curse. And it can only be done by, uh, by being a human because what had been destroyed was done by a human. And to take back what the enemy has stolen, he had to come as a human to redeem it and to reclaim it. And then his divinity steps in and that's how he keeps us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. He's still talking about the Savior now, okay? That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Do y'all hear that? You, you see, no, 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 you don't hear it. You don't hear it because you want him, uh, like Dalton Thomas, to just show up in person, in physical per person with your situation and do the work. He can't show up till you believe. You got to believe first before he actually shows up. See, that's our issue. We want God to pay the way well in advance, fix everything. 
thing, God. And then it showed me, and then I'll walk right into it. Baby, your faith is not proven and elevated until you can't see with your natural eye, but with your spiritual eye. So you just go forth and trusting and believing what God has to say about every situation in your life. And when you go by faith, then he shows himself strong in that situation, which elevates your faith. Faith is not knowing, I mean, not seeing in advance with natural eyes. It's seeing in advance with spiritual eyes and knowing with your heart. What your physical can't understand, see, or believe. And when you do that, he manifested. We got to come up out of our flesh. That's why he said you got to die to your flesh because your flesh can't perceive what God is doing in the spirit realm. Amen. 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promises to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Now, if you're in a situation that nothing is happening to bring you out of that situation or to change that situation, don't worry. You have a savior. His name is Jesus. And all you need to do is just keep repeating what he said until you see it's working in the situation. If, if he says, I will save you from your enemies and from the hand of all that hates you, then you just keep thanking him. God, I thank you that you've saved me from my enemies. And watch God show up strong. And your enemies will start coming to bless you. Right, Pat? <laughs> this is no hocus-pocus mess. Because the Lord said in the Bible... Knowing the truth will make you free. You, don't, you can't just read it once and once in a while. You got to know it. In order to know it, you got to keep putting it in you all the time. And you have to say it because faith cometh by hearing. So you hear it out, then you keep saying it out, and your faith keeps growing and growing and growing. Hallelujah. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. So in other words, God is, is, a, is a man of his word. He gave the promises to our forefathers in the Old Testament and to the Israelites who he's in covenant with. And that goes on from generation to generation to generation to generation. And since he's a man of his word, he has to fulfill that promise. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham. Remember what he told Abraham? I will bless you with more children than the sand is on, uh, on, on the beach or whatever. Okay, it's on the land. More than the stars in the sky. Remember what he said? We are that offspring and our children and our children's children. So that lets you know that your children and you are not here or your children's children are not here for natural purposes. We're just having some natural experiences as we fulfill the supernatural promise of God. Mm. That he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Without fear. Do, do, do y'all hear that? Okay. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Somehow we have a problem receiving that I'm supposed to be holy. Oh, you like the righteous part because that's where you think you're going to reap all of the benefits of the blessings. But he said in holiness and righteousness. Amen. 
we got to put that holiness together with the righteousness. See, he marked us righteous so we could walk in holiness. Because in your natural flesh, you can't be holy and you definitely can't be right. But because he marked us righteous, it graces us with the ability to be holy. You got to want to be holy. Amen. He says, and thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, the prophet of the most holy high. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. You see, the more you in his face, asking him to forgive you for your sins, stop thinking you aren't ever doing anything wrong. You're so holy. You pray in the spirit and you're faithful going to church and all. So I couldn't possibly be doing anything wrong. Just that thought alone is a sin. Amen. So be seeking him all the time to reveal to you your sin because he says, I will remiss them from you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We're too holy to accept the fact that we can sin. Therefore, missing out on the cleansing. I want to be free. I don't want to try to impress none of you Kushites about how I look. I want to impress the Father because I want him to be pleased with me because I want to hear my good and faithful servant. And the only way that I can be faithful and good is that I am in his face telling him, cleanse me, Father. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high have visited us. Hallelujah, Jesus. The dawn has visited us. Glory. That's why I, I like that morning glory prayer. Because we come in here and it's dark. <laughs> and we come in here and lift up our petitions to the Lord. And the petitions are seldom about us, except for to cleanse us, free us, and deliver us. But the petitions are for everything else, because like, like it was heard, we come to prophesy our day. We come to declare what our day is going to be like in the presence of the living God. And by daylight, by daylight, the day spring, the dawn, he has visited us. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, that's a good verse. Remember what I said we needed to pray about on Friday? To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Because every death that's being reported during this Christmas season is not by the hand of God. And when we learn how to pray to counteract what Satan meant for evil so that God can work it for good, the, the total would decrease. Beforehand, we already know Satan's plan is to get rid of a whole lot of people at the end of the year. And so since we know that, you pray against what he's doing so that God can rejoice in our prayers because he wants all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth of Jesus Christ. Verse 80, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, we're talking about Jesus, and was in the desert to the day of his showing unto Israel. Amen? Remember, we're trying to learn who our Savior is so that we can walk in the understanding. Zacharias just got through prophesying what he was blind, blinded to before the birth of his son. Okay, now we're going to go over to Luke 2. Luke 2, 1 through 7. Now we're talking about Jesus' birth. Okay, Mary and Joseph leave their hometown to travel to Bethlehem for the purpose of census taking. You know, they were taking the census. Now, you know, they take census in our country so they can see how many people have a need and what kind of need so they can form different kinds of uh, uh, programs to assist the need of the people and to determine what the taxes should be. <laughs> okay, so that's why they were going to Bethlehem. 
naturally, but it had been prophesied spiritually. What we need to understand, Bethlehem was the birthplace of David, which is the heritage of Jesus. And Bethlehem means the house of bread. Oh, I love it. The house of bread. Y'all think with me. I'm, uh, <laughs> the house of bread. Now, I can so appreciate this because this is so appropriate for Jesus to be born in a city called the house of bread when he is our source of life. He is our source of life. So everything connecting and concerning around his birth is the prophetic understanding of who he is and how he operates and functions in us and through us. Amen? Now, it was prophesied all about this. Okay, I'm going to give you these scriptures and, and, and y'all going to help me. But thou Beth Bethlehem, Ephrata, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Do y'all hear that? That was prophesied by um, uh, a minor prophet of the coming of our Savior. Now, I'm going to read something out of my Jewish Bible. It says um, that, that's really talking about, uh, it's going to consume up a few verses here, but I'm going to read it now, okay? There was no space for them at the end, and there was no space for them in the living quarters. It says that, um, hmm, I don't, I don't know, I, some stuff I don't want to read to you, it isn't necessary. Okay, he said it was, the reader said something was pointed out to him, that a small, poor village like Bethlehem would not have had an end, rather in most homes, as in rural Arab homes even today, the animals were kept downstairs while the upper part of the house consisted of a workroom where the children slept, a separate bedroom for the parents, and a guest room. The last two only if the owner was rich enough to afford them. In a pinch, the space for animals underneath the living quarters would have afforded guests some privacy. So my point is this, because you hear, well, uh, you know, Jesus was born in, in a manger, and you hear all these little glorified stories when they're actually facts because of the culture and the time of where they were living, not because that was the best he could do. Remember, they're in another city to take care of business. And everybody else was there, too, to pay their taxes. And they needed a place to stay in order to take care of the business. It just happens that it, it ends up being a manger, which gives off a lowly place that Jesus was born in. And that was for our benefit to let us know there is no one or nothing too small or low that cannot come to the Lord. You know, like some of your little sorority and fraternity groups in order to qualify. But with Jesus, the thing that qualifies you is come. Just come. Whosoever will, let him come. Amen? Um, I'm going to read my commentary, too, concerning these verses. Uh, two to four. It says, Syria was, the large, was the, the large Roman province of which Judah was part. The capital was Antioch. Under this administration came smaller political divisions such as Judah, which was ruled by Pilate at Jerusalem from A.D. 26 to 36. Each was to return to his original birthplace. Remember I said Bethlehem was David's birthplace, which was the heritage of Jesus, okay? And, um, and then it says how it was prophesied that the Messiah, the son of David, would be born in Bethlehem like David himself. When it talks about the swaddling clothes, because just the sound of certain words make it sound like, oh, okay. They were strips of fabric 
used to keep the baby warm and to help it to feel secure. When a baby is born today, they are wrapped in a blanket and given to the mother for what purpose? To feel secure and to warm that baby. It's, it's coming out of a womb where it's been warm in water for nine months. It comes out into this cruel world and air hits the baby. The first thing they do is wrap that baby up and lay it in the mother's chest. Same, same thing. Now, the end was full because so many people had come to register for the census and the taxes, which lets us know that timing, locations, and events had to all play out because they were a part of the fulfilling of the prophecy. These things happen for a reason, which the same thing happens in us today. Sometimes things may happen in our lives that appear that it can't possibly be leading me towards the vision God has shown me. Maybe I'm off course. There are a lot of doubts, a lot of maybes, a lot of I don't know, or a lot of ifs, because we want to, we want to play off of, I'm not going to say spiritual stuff, religious stuff that has us in error, not recognizing the spiritual that is actually going on. Amen. However, those experiences of life that we are facing or have faced were meant to happen to grow us up and to prepare us for the vision so that our spiritual immaturity doesn't abort the vision. Amen? Remember, the Bible says, we shall suffer afflictions. We shall suffer rejection. And the list goes on. Our Savior did. So what makes you think that you're not going to? But also, remember this. The prophet said the latter part will be greater than the former. It was also spoken that it will be well worth what we have gone through. Okay, Psalms 34, get, y'all get busy. Psalms 34, verse 19. Then somebody look up 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11. Then someone else, Romans 8, verse 18. Who has 34, 19? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You hear that? Yes. But, but the Lord delivered them out of all of them. Not some of them, yes. all of them. Yes. You just have to hold on yes. so your faith can be perfected yes. in the working of the Holy Spirit in you. Yes. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 11. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed, we are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You see, until we die to our own stuff, Jesus can't live in us the way he wants to live. He cannot be manifested in our lives as long as our dead stuff is still present trying to take over. He wants to live in us. When Jesus lives in you because you have given yourself over to die in him, you don't have to say anything. People can see the glory of Jesus shining through you. Amen. When he, they don't see it, it's because your inner man is still struggling with garbage. So all that we endure is for the perfecting of the saints. 
in order to bring out the best that God has deposited in us to do his will and his way so his kingdom from heaven is realized on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, 18. Raise your hand. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. God got a set up, set up. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared yes. with the glory which yes. shall be revealed in us. Yes. Amen. And God chose the right people to read the right verse. Hallelujah, Jesus. So you see, whatever you are doing here, don't even compare to what you're going to receive in eternal life. So these are just moments of afflictions, light afflictions that can't compare to the blessing of what you're going to receive because you held on, yeah. held on to God's unchanging hand, kept your eyes focused on the prize. That's Jesus Christ knowing that he's going to bring you out. It doesn't matter yeah. what it looks like now. He will. He shall bring you out. Yeah. It didn't say maybe or if. He shall bring you out. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. Amen. In chapter 2, verses 8 through 24, it talks about where the shepherds experiences the birth of Jesus. I'm going to read verses uh, 8 through 20, okay? It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, watching over their flock by night. Now, I said the other day, shepherds was not out there in the field watching those sheep in the cold of winter. So we don't know what month Jesus was born in, but I have a feeling it was in the spring or the summer. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, nine. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord was mentioned. In other words, can you imagine? You out there in, in the field, and, uh, and, and you look up, and then the angel's standing right there before you. Because that's what it means, says, came, before, came upon them. He was standing right there in front of them. Okay? <laughs> and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. See, see this will help you to come out your fright. Because when the angel shows up, the glory appears. And when Jesus' glory appear, it's like you in an incubator yeah. with a protective shield, okay? And they were sore afraid, greatly afraid. Because all of these prophetic experiences that was happening before and to bring in the birth of Jesus was salvation for all of those who experienced it. Do y'all understand? They didn't get saved until they had this experience of Jesus coming and his birth. Because salvation didn't come until Jesus came. Are y'all with me? So every person in this book that we're reading about that's part of the portrait of Jesus coming got saved because of Jesus' birth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 10, and the angel said unto them, yeah. fear not, yeah. for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Yeah. You don't have joy until Jesus shows up. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. <laughs> You've been dealing with a bunch of happiness, Woo. and it's fleeting because it's predicated on Woo. people, places, things. But joy never leaves as long as you keep Jesus in your heart. It doesn't matter about the circumstances. It doesn't matter about who's in or out of your life. It doesn't matter about what you have accomplished or got. Joy cannot be stolen from you because it is Jesus in you. Amen. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Let me tell you, when Jesus shows up, 
praise, you can't help it. When Jesus shows up, you can't help but to praise. If you are part of him, you need to examine your heart. When Jesus shows up on the scene, praises come down. You can't help because you feel it in your inward part. We ain't talking here and we didn't come here to have a church experience. It's all about Jesus. I'm not interested in church affiliation. I'm not interested in church protocol. I'm not interested in a church experience. I want us to have a Jesus experience. And if we have a Jesus experience, our church will be right. It will be a tabernacle unto the Lord. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. For unto you is born this day in the city of David's Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and he shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of a heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let me tell you something. People all, every time we're in a war zone, people say we got to pray for peace. No, you don't. Because he never promised to give peace to this earth, but to those who belong to him. He said, I'm going to bring a variance between relatives, between husbands and wives, mothers and daughters, and so on and so on. Why? Because light and dark cannot mix together. You're either going to be in the light or you're going to be in the dark. And if the light comes on, it should dissipate the dark. You don't let the dark come into your sphere of influence and put your light out. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste. See, that meant that they believed what the angels said. And, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. I call that they started doing discipleship. Once you have tasted and seen and experienced Jesus Christ, you can't stay silent. You first evangelize and then you disciple. And if discipleship doesn't happen, the evangelism don't do much for a person. It cannot end with just leading somebody to the Lord. They have to be discipled into Christ. Amen. And it says that, uh, eight, 18, and all they that heard it wondered and those things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary got saved. You see, contrary to what Catholicism is, Mary wasn't chosen because she was some holy saint Amen. that needed to be worshipped. Well. She was chosen because she had all of the right components that was necessary for the birth of Jesus because she too needed salvation. Everybody needs salvation. God don't choose us because we are good or look good because he equips those who he choose so once we've been chosen he will make you become what he desired for you to be in order to carry his gift of ministry you can't carry and birth out his gift of ministry with hell all in you and the shepherds return glory verse 20 and the shepherds return glorify and praising God for all the things they that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So what did it mean? What the shepherds had heard because they faith and they acted on it in obedience, it was manifested in their sight. That's what real faith will do. It allow the real thing to be manifested in your sight. Amen. Now, verse 21, 21 and 22. When eight days were accomplished for the circumcision, on the eighth day, they circumcised, that was the tradition of a Jewish law. They circumcised them, and then they were named 
kind of like what we do when we have, um, some churches call it confirmation. I call it um, where you consecration, where you're giving the child back to the sender, our Father who art in heaven. And so you announce or pronounce this child to be chosen to serve God, to be holy, that you will uh, promise to raise them up in the things of the Lord, and the child is anointed for Christ. Amen. That's different from baptism. Okay? And that should go on for any child that's born in, in believers' homes. Okay? So this is the same kind of thing that happened with uh, John the Baptist and Elizabeth at their birth because it was customary and it was the law. And what you will notice that God our Father used most, if not all, of the Jewish laws and customs to put everything in place and in order. So he, when Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish them, but to fulfill the law. Amen. Amen. Verses... Um, 23 and 24. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opened the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. That's the first, first fruit of a male born. That is a foreshadowing of Jesus coming. He was the first male child of holiness to come. And according to the Jewish law, every firstborn male who opened the womb of his mother Okay, was a sacrificial offering. And, and that first fruit offering perfected the others that was coming. Okay. It paved the way for the others that were coming. See, if we really lived according to the Bible, we would be far more victorious. Just like Jesus, being the first fruit of mankind who suffered for us, paved the way for us to be redeemed and to be righteous. So if a male child opened the womb of a mother, he is the first fruit offering for the rest of his siblings. Okay, that's a whole nother message. <laughs> okay, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. And to offer sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, um, I, I said I was going to read the commentary because uh, this is what they were supposed to bring as, 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 as uh, uh, an offering uh, unto, unto the Lord. But because if you didn't, didn't have, if, if they did not have, uh, the family wasn't well off enough to have the lamb or the goat. That's when they offered up the turtle doves. Okay. So, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, read a couple of commentaries out of another Bible. Okay. Just bear with me because this is good information. So, Amen. this is about more, I hope it was more about teaching than it was about preaching. Okay, okay, it says, the Jewish law required every adult male living within 25 miles of Jerusalem to attend the feast of Passover and then the succeeding celebration of the feast of the unleavened bread. Every male Jew, no matter where he lived, desired to, to partake in these high and holy days of Judaism at least once during this time. Now, if you have a calendar, it will let you know these Jewish holidays on your calendar, on some calendars that falls right in line with the birth of Jesus, with the birth of Jesus Christ. All right. The next part of, of, of the scriptures that I'm going to read is where Simeon beholds God's salvation. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to read some of this scripture and then I will we'll sum it all up. Okay. Y'all just be patient and bear with me. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, what it means, it means that he believed that a Messiah was coming, and he was waiting for that to happen. He did not fall for the hype that this man on a white horse was going to come. He believed that God was sending them a Messiah. That's why it says that he was devout and just, and he was waiting 
for the consolation for the Holy Ghost, through the Holy Ghost, that Israel would be delivered. Which is what we need to learn to do concerning ourselves and our loved ones. Learn to trust the Holy Ghost to come to bring deliverance and stop looking for it outside of any other way with your intellect or anything else. But trust the Holy Spirit to come and bring deliverance at his time. What we have to do is be consistent with praying the petition of the Lord concerning the situation and thanking him constantly for the answered prayer and staying on it until our eyes see the manifestation of what God has already done in the spirit. He is just waiting on you to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And it was revealed unto him, verse 26, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he has seen the Lord Christ. Glory. And he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his hand, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. In other words, this is the Savior. I believe it. Now I can go home. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. My eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. He's like right in the midst of them, in their face. You prepared it, and they didn't even recognize it. That's no different than today. He is in our face showing us stuff, and we don't recognize him. Why? Because we allow the major of the things that are happening, which are the hellish things, blind our sight from seeing God's quiet voice and his right hand moving on our behalf. We can't see the hand of the Lord because we're too busy watching all those other hands. We need to become straight focused, can't see nothing else from side to side. All I can see is Jesus. No matter what it looks like, God, but you said, Lord, however, God, anyhow, therefore, nevertheless, hallelujah, Jesus, take our eyes off of the situation put it on the master because if you could change it it would have been changed but since it hasn't been changed you haven't been able to change it put it on the changer who guarantees whatever he does is going to be perfectly done and nobody can undo it because see when you try to fix stuff it comes apart. But when Jesus fixes it, it stays forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. A light to lighten the Gentiles. Hallelujah. So if, although you were not born a Jew, you can become one. Because the promise was given to the seed of the seed. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. So we're no longer Gentiles. We are covenant Israelites. Hallelujah, Jesus. Grow up. <laughs> 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. In other words, what he was saying was that Jesus' coming will, be, will bring deliverance, but also, at the same time, division and anguish. Amen. And that Mary's soul was going to be pierced because in order for the saving of all of the people, she's going to have to stand there and watch her son be persecuted, pierced, nailed to the cross, and bleed there. Okay? Okay, this is about Simeon. It says, um, he was an aged Jew who devotedly had waited a lifetime in the temple precinct to catch a glimpse of God's chosen one. 
This Simeon recognized the infant Jesus as the one for whom he had been waiting. Simeon was one of the pious and of the pious, a pious minority who refused violence but waited humbly for God's deliverance from the oppressive Roman and the clique of high priests and aristocrats. In other words, he didn't believe their height of those people. Now, Anna, it's in, uh, in uh, verses 36 to 40, was another precious person. She was, uh, like Simeon, had an unusual but great commitment to the Lord and what they were purposed to do for the Lord until the coming of the Messiah. She was a widow who lost her husband at a very young age, but she committed her life to serving God in the temple, praying for the coming of Jesus. Can you believe that? Now, she was also a prophetess and, 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 and had been blessed with a, spiritual, with a special spiritual insight. Now, when God chooses us, he has to prepare us before he can use us. And God gives us a name, and that name declares our purpose. That name declares our future. We humans come up with a name because it sounds good. You know, or that was my ancestor's name. But God has another name. And even though our parents may have named us one thing, when we come into Jesus Christ, he changes that name. You know, uh, a, a, a perfect example of that was that when I was in high school, I sent off for my birth certificate in order to take driver's training. And when I got my birth certificate, I'm like, Mama, these people made a mistake on my birth certificate. What's wrong with this? They had my name reversed from what I had grew up to know. <laughs> and she looked at it and she said, oh, no. No, it's right. What do you mean it's right? Your Aunt Mary, that's what she wanted to name you. And so she had that put on the birth certificate. But I thought I had changed it. What? <laughs> okay. So she and I both was very upset. And I decided I'm not going to that name. I'm going to stick with what I've been knowing all along. And I had also planned to go and legally have it reversed. But I never did. I don't know why. Because God had a purpose through my aunt, my grand aunt. Because my first name which ain't your business, <laughs> represents Anna as the prophetess praying in the temple. And I had to be the prophetess before I could become the spiritual grandmother, Lois. But the way mother had it, it would have been the reverse. Amen? So God has an intentional purpose for our lives. And we can only know by getting on board with him and not following our own understanding. That's why he tells us in Proverbs, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall, he shall, not maybe, he shall direct your path. He's directing our path to get to the point of purpose. And the path is a step by step. It's not a big journey. It's a step by step. We want to get on, and there we are. Uh-uh, he says you're going to take these little steps, walking through the pathway to get where I need you to be. And by the time you get there, he'll be done with your character so it can fit the gifting. We got the gift before the work. That's why it don't work well. And that's why we become discouraged. Let God do the work in us. So when we get to the point of purpose and gifting, we will be able to hold it with our character. 
Character is very important to God. Everybody, oh, you so anointed, oh, no, no. that don't mean anything if my character can't line up. Because your character has to carry the anointing. God ain't looking for some people who just shine with an anointing. He's looking for somebody with some character that can hold the anointing until the very end. Amen. So, Anna was used and, and she stayed in that temple praying until the Messiah came because she had spiritual revelation that he was going to come and not a knight riding on a white horse, but a child, an infant born in lowly form in order to bring salvation and deliverance to the world. Amen. End the story. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. And during this season, let's take our emphasis off of the 25th day. Let's take our emphasis off of Christmas trees, poinsettias, wrapped gifts, Santa Claus, and all the other stuff that goes along with it. I'm not against it. You should see what I do. But I'm saying, let's take our mind and heart off of the least and put it on the greater because he'll let the other just come forth and shine like glitter when you make him number one. All the, all, have you ever asked, why do we do all of these things? Because it doesn't even line up with the Christmas story. You know, we, 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 you know, we decorate, we plan these big lavish dinners, and we come together as a family to, to, to eat, and we open up our gifts and stuff. And, and Jesus don't get any regard. It's not your birthday. It's his birthday. And that's only to remind us who we belong to. Let's, that's why I said we're having service on Christmas Day. Because we need to be here praising him and thanking him for where we are now, where we're going to be going, and all that he has done and how he has kept us, even in a turmoil time. Thank him that he gave you enough faith or somebody close to you enough faith to keep you from dying with COVID. Thank you that you had enough grace and sense to go to your occupation and say, I am not taking this vaccination because my faith in Jesus Christ says no. And my trust in him and the Holy Spirit keeps me safe. And your job honored it. Thank him. Not only honored it, but excluded you from some of all of the little things you got to go through to prove that you are still healthy. Yes, you are healthy. Why? By the stripes of Jesus Christ, you were made whole. By the blood of Jesus Christ, you are whole, free, liberated, and have the victory in Jesus Christ. And the more we say it, the more we will become a believer of it. And the more we believe it, the more we will walk in it. So we're going to come. I'm, 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 I'm not doing a word. We're just going to come and praise and dance and celebrate our, our Lord and Savior Jesus. You come in late enough for your children to see what you bought them. <laughs> For Christmas, because I didn't even raise my children with that, and I wasn't even born again then. God wanted them to know I made the sacrifices to put that stuff up under that tree. <laughs> Ain't no little fat man in a red outfit. 
and, and we didn't even have a chimney, so. <laughs> but we, we're, and you come here late enough so they can look, look at their little gifts and stuff, and you're going to be leaving because we're, we're going to cut it off at 1 o'clock for sure. But you leave early enough to go and have your lavish dinner and all of that. But maybe when you do, you'll be more mindful of who's responsible for you to be able to have this kind of celebration in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ask not what Jesus can do for you, but rather what you can do for him. Amen. Okay. For anyone that's on Zoom, and possibly in our congregation that don't even have a clue about who I've been talking about. A savior, and his name is Jesus. But you want to know more because you heard enough to pique your interest to say, hmm, how can I have him in my heart? How can he save me? How can he help me overcome the obstacles of this world? How can he Help me to separate myself from the things of the world so that my faith stays in him and I can see the light of day in spite of all of the darkness that's trying to surround me. How can I love myself without having a mate that says I'm all of that? How can I learn to love me for me and not have to have somebody else to tell me I love you. I need you. Because I know you love me. And you need me because you need me to shine your glory in this earth. And if I have your love and fulfill your need, everybody else will be at peace with me. And I won't have a need. And when I'm satisfied with you and all that you provided, then you will send the right person so that I don't be a crutch and they won't be a crutch. But we'll be two whole people coming together, overflowing in the things of Jesus Christ. How can I have peace knowing that you are a provider? And you provide for all of my needs. I don't have to calculate or fret I just need to put my petitions on the altar of prayer and wait and see the manifestation of all that I requested. Help me to understand that life is not about me, but is greater and higher than that. And once I take my eyes off of myself, you're going to show me the light of day. Help me, Holy Ghost. So, Father, repeat after me. I confess that I am a sinner, lost, seeking for a Savior. I believe, Father, that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, to die for me. And since he died for me, and shed his blood for me, I can live. I accept Jesus in my heart today. I choose to live for you, Lord, all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for the precious gift of salvation through Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for the second precious gift. And that is your Holy Spirit. Come in and fill me to overflow so that I can walk this Christian life. Fulfill your will for my life and glorify your presence. In Jesus' name, I am saved. I am filled. I am healed. 
and I have the victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless the name of the Most High God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going to do the benediction so when they get done with the, the book re report and everything in the, in the final worship song, you'll be able to leave. So, so I'm just going on and do the benediction. God, I just thank you, thank you, thank you that when we do the benediction, it's not absence from your presence. It's just from this location. But we carry all that you've given us today through your spirit with us when we leave this location so that we'll be able to tell others who Jesus is and what this season is all about. And that the spirit of love would be able to flourish through our universe, Father, during this season. But not just during this season, but it will continue to flow because we have shared the truth of life and love with those who don't know you. As we leave this destination, going to the other destination that you have set for us. I thank you for the traveling mercies that you provide for us. And I thank you for the ministering angels you have assigned to all of us that will keep us on the course of life that you have set for us. And if we happen to dash our foot against the stone, they will keep us lifted up in their hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you would keep us flourishing in old age. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And God, I thank you that just because we have new life in you, we have a joy and peace that's unspeakable, and we live for today and let tomorrow take care of itself. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.